Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations. Coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. Welcome back to The Grind, ladies and gentlemen. We are so glad that you chose to join us this week. Uh, this is Dave McClung with you again, as always, and my lovely hippie co-host, uh, Chad Grigsby. Yes, Dave, it is I. Great to be with you <laughs> once more. Once more. Uh, once more. Once more into the abyss, my friends. Once more uh, we go down the rabbit hole together. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, uh, Always the podcast before the podcast is very entertaining, and you guys would have enjoyed uh, our pre-conversation to the conversation today. (laughs) Oh, goodness. We've got our good buddy Chanson Newborn on with us from Fellowship Community Church in Forest City, Arkansas. What's up, Chanson? How's it going, Dave? <laughs> Man, I tell you, we've been having this conversation. Chanson had a very eventful weekend <laughs> this weekend. And, uh, and you know, it's always fascinating. You know, when you've been in the ministry any length of time, uh, there's no shortage of crazy situations you can find yourself in. And, and nobody really understands, you know, what it's like to be a pastor in those situations until you're in them. Cause everybody's looking to you for the answer to the craziness. And we're just trying to figure out how to get out of the craziness <laughs> and survive uh, the craziness. And uh, man, it's just, you know, I, I was telling them before the podcast, I had a, a buddy did an ordination service for here recently and, and uh, gave, a, gave a great answer for why I wanted to be a pastor. <clears throat> and he's in a ministry right now that ministers to families and kids. And, but he's not pastoring. And he said, you know, he said, I just want to remove the layers between me and the people that I'm ministering to. And, mm. you know, just kind of do life with them. And, oh, that was a great answer. But, <laughs> but there's a little bit of naivete there. Uh, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Because <laughs> sometimes it gets messy. It gets messy. So, anyway, but we digress. Yes. And, uh, you, yeah. you wear a lot of hats. You do. As a pastor. You do. One you don't anticipate is MMA referee. And that's <laughs> what Chanson that's was this weekend. Yep. Yeah. Referee, police officer, counselor. <laughs> and then I finally put on the pastor. Uh, that's right that's right oh my goodness yeah always crazy it gives you fun stories to talk about later on down the road but it's sure not fun right in the middle of it no it's not <laughs> so uh, anyway well we're i tell you we're coming off a great weekend we had our uh second chapter one uh church planner kickoff training weekend this weekend just i tell you i've been sitting around this weekend just processing that whole weekend and probably as diverse a group as we've had Mm-hmm. Um, not just ethnically, but uh, background-wise, you know, the context in which they're planting from rural yeah. to urban, yeah. uh, culturally, whether it's bikers to drug dealers, gang leaders, to college students, to international 
uh, one guy that's already got six countries represented uh, in their in their church. Uh, yeah. It was it was a fascinating weekend, and uh, just a just a great picture uh, snapshot of what God's doing in Arkansas. And uh, man, I tell you, if we can keep this rolling and keep this kind of uh, stuff going, God's going to do some amazing things. Uh, this is a great uh, group of guys and, and their wives here. My light in my office keeps going off. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, it was just a great, great weekend to reflect on God's goodness and uh, a lot of fun with those guys. So, and now we get to have a conversation with a buddy Chanson. So it's, Hey, it's been a great few days, so can't get much better than that. <laughs> yes. So, Chance and kind of talk about uh, you know what you guys are doing in Forest City. You, know, you were in Little Rock uh, before. Um, you know, wanted to plant in Forest City. You know, what drew you out of Little Rock to Forest City? What kind of captured your heart? You know, for the Delta over there, and and uh, kind of talk about your church and, and what's how long you've been going, all that good stuff. Okay. Well, um, I grew up in in rural uh, rural town, Forest City. And uh, after graduating high school, I migrated to Conway and attended UCA, uh, graduated with a <laughs> computer science degree. Can you see me behind a computer? <laughs> a computer no. uh, it's no. not that you don't have the intelligence, but your personality is <laughs> no. such that that would be dr life draining. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I loved it there in Conway, and I, I actually planned to build my life there. And uh, as a freshman, I I answered the call to uh, the ministry and started serving as a youth pastor at a small church there in Conway. Uh, got married while I was in Conway. Uh, started a janitorial business um, in Little Rock, and things were going well. I, you know what? I, I always thought I was going to be a wealthy business owner and uh, and make a good life for myself there in Conway and Little Rock. But uh, God had a different plan for me. Yeah. So while I was uh, attending um, seminary at Liberty University, I was working towards a master's in theology. That's when I was introduced to the concept of church planning. And uh, that uh, church planning bug bit me real hard. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I had a close friend by the name of Charles Simmons. You remember yeah, Charles? Yeah, Charles. Shout out to Charles. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we miss you, buddy, uh, if you're listening yeah. to this. Come <laughs> back home to Arkansas. Please, please. Yeah. And uh, he was a new church planner in Conway at that time. And I was so amazed. Um, at what, what God was doing through him. And in fact, I found myself coming alongside him and helping him uh, lunch and, uh, and having those conversations about church planning. And uh, it was through a series of events, I found myself um, doing a lot of traveling back and forth to Forest City. And that, that started this crazy conversation with my wife of the burden that I was, I was having in my heart about reaching the people for Jesus in Forest City. And, uh, and I, you know, as we were having those conversations, Charles introduced me to Willie Jacobs. Yeah. And I remember meeting with him and uh, Jacobs um, unpacking what church planning was all about. And uh, I, I, I really didn't know uh, Jacobs at that time. And I was kind of apprehensive about the whole conversation. And uh, I remember uh, my wife and I, along with his wife, we all went out to eat. And he, he made a statement um, in the conversation. He said, uh, we've been praying for God to plant churches in the Delta. And he said, particularly in Forest City. 
And when he said that, um, I knew, you know, at that, at that point, God had made it abundantly clear to, uh, to me that that, that is what God wanted me to do. And, uh, we, uh, from that moment, we, uh, dissolved the business, packed up everything. And by faith, we moved to Forest City, um, to plant wow. this church. And we were four years, we launched four years ago, uh, on Easter. We started with, uh, seven people, uh, no money. Uh, moved in with my in-laws, uh, didn't have a place to stay or nothing. And, uh, and, uh, we started with seven people. Uh, we, we, we had Bible study at Holiday Inn. And, uh, since then we moved twice and, uh, this has definitely been a faith journey, uh, for us, but, uh, we, we just simply wanted to just love people, uh, love, the, uh, Forest City. Um, and, uh, and God has been faithful in, in, in these past four years. That's awesome, man. Well, I had in my head, it had been about four, but I couldn't yeah. remember exactly when it was. And uh, so that was home for you. I mean, that's yeah. where you grew up. <laughs> okay. that, that, that was my, that's my Jerusalem. Yeah. That's my, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Ne- never thought in a million years that I, that, that, <laughs> <laughs> that I would do that. But uh, um, just the burden was so, it was so intense. I couldn't ignore it. Yeah. And so, um <clears throat> It's funny you say that this weekend, there were several church planters over and over who said, I told God I'd never blank uh-huh. and, uh, and never in a million years did I think I'd do, you know, church planting. Trust me, it was not on my radar. I promise you <laughs> I was doing, I was doing well for myself. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, God has a way of interrupting our plans. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's not a lot of money in church planting. You no. Know, so it's, it's not. <laughs> No. Um, no. Yeah, one of the planters this weekend, Vincent. Have you met Vincent yet, or do you work with Vincent, Vincent Waller? Yet? Have you met Vincent? No. Oh, okay. He's moving back home to Bearden, you know, and he's like, he gets up there to start telling his calling story, and he's like, uh, said I'd never move back to Bearden. <laughs> <laughs> Told God I'd never go uh, back, you know. Yeah. yeah. There he is. Um, <laughs> yeah. So in this process, like any church plant. You're going to have highs and lows. Oh, yeah. uh, walk us through some of the, some of your story. I mean, you, you got four years in there. Sure. You got some highs and lows, maybe even this weekend, some <laughs> highs and lows, but just, really just help us, that. help us to get to know you and church planting in general and the highs and lows that come with it. Okay. Um, I don't know where to start either with the highs or with the lows. Um, as it relates to church planting and, um, the dynamics of, of the church. Some of the highs for me have been just watching people uh, lives be transformed uh, because of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, because we we, uh, we we just loved people and reached people where they were. Yeah. It didn't matter where they lived. It didn't matter where their social class and none of that with addiction. None of that mattered. We just wanted to be a bridge of opportunity to share the gospel and share hope to them. And one of the things uh, um, I learned early, which was a high point for me, was uh, learning to be consistent with evangelism, um, which, uh, in fact, that, that became like the DNA um, of the heartbeat of our church. Uh, to me, evangelism was a non-negotiable. Uh, I just felt like that's, we, we, we have to reach people. And uh, so every third Saturday of the month, we, we were out connecting with people in the community. Uh, we, we did block parties. We, whatever we could do just to connect with people, paying for their laundry, um, partnering with schools. It didn't matter. We, that, we, that's what, that's what 
we, you know, we felt like that's what God wanted us to do. And, uh, and seeing people respond in an, in an authentic way was it's just so cool to see God do that. Um, that we, you know, we weren't, we weren't afraid to, to sit down with people who were high as a kite and, uh, <laughs> and, and just have a conversation with them, um, play cards with them. Those are typically um, fun conversations. <laughs> well, now, those are fun conversations with somebody's high as a guy. Yeah, it's very entertaining. <laughs> very entertaining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, to love to love people right in the hood and just love them, you know, right where they where they were. And th- th- for me, those were my high moments. And uh, and just watching God um, allow the people to respond in that way. What's um, what's one? Tell one good kind of transformation story. You know, somebody that, uh, you know, one of those highs that, that here's one life that we've seen that was more radically changed. Um, there's a young man, um, <laughs> whew, early on in the ministry, um, we would do outreach in a particular neighborhood in, in the hood, and, and I would hang with this guy all the time. He was like the person of peace in that area. Everybody <laughs> respected him. Yeah. You, you don't cross him. You don't. You know, he was just that guy. Yeah. And, uh, and I befriended him. But here's the thing. Um, when we moved here, we lived with my in-laws. And once we finally bought a house, we, we moved into the house. But the house was, it was a foreclosed house. It was a dump. And, uh, and I had him and his guys <laughs> with me. And uh, I would bring them to the house. Yeah. Tatted it up. I mean, they were, yeah, but they were, I love those guys. Yeah. I mean, I loved them. And uh, I would bring them, I would bring them to my house and um, they would do carpentry work. They would do all kinds of things around the house that I couldn't afford somebody to do. Yeah. They would do it. And the only thing they wanted to do was spend time with me. That's yeah. all they wanted to do. They just wanted to spend, and that's all I wanted to do with them. And, uh, and those guys, man, one particular guy, the person of peace, um, his name is Marcus. And to see how God just radically transformed his life um, from being that game banger guy, from being, you know, a blood and all this other stuff to God really using him to reach other people. Yeah. Um, there was, there was an incident where I was uh, in the neighborhood with him and there was some commotion going on. And uh, he said, pastor, you need to leave. I was like, for what? Uh, there, there's about to be a shooting going on. And uh, he protected me. Yeah. He protected me and uh, got me out the hood. And, uh, and, I, and, and I came home and he, he called me up. I, said, I asked him, hey, what happened? He told me what happened. And he was like, man, I got to get out of this life. I got to get out of this life. Wow. And so and him right, you know, giving his life over to God, that, that was just a, a moment in my life that I'm thankful that I'm out, you know, God used me to be here to help, you know, be a part of his life. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Great. Well, and that's that's the other side of pastoring. You get the craziness from time to time. But oh, yeah. man, when you have those moments uh like that and see people's lives change, it's just that's when you say, Okay, this is worth it. This yeah. worth it. And Chanson, you you did something there and maybe unknowingly, maybe knowingly. It was unknowingly. Uh, <laughs> Whatever you're about to say. <laughs> no, but dude, you, I still you knocked, don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you knocked it out of the park because I think trying to get so many guys to think that church planting is not 
always about reorienting your life. It's a lot of times just aligning your life. And so you've bought a foreclosure. There had to be work done on it. Yes. You just took the guys you were trying to reach. Yep. And dude, that's, that is church. That's church planting. That it's, is. It's how do I align my life with the mission of God? It's not yeah. forcing something or adding a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I have a house. It needs repairs. I have these guys that need to know yeah. Jesus. How can I put them to work, spend time with them? But see, if you'd have never done that, man, if you'd have never taken that yeah. step, uh, so kudos to you for that incarnational approach. Right. And that's just a great, I think, example of what, what we want to see guys doing in the state yeah. is exactly what you did. Yeah. Yeah. One of the guys said this weekend in our training, we do, uh, you know, kind of a vision casting shark tank with all the guys. And I don't know if he knew what he was saying when he said it. Uh, but wanted to make sure everybody heard it. He said he's planting a biker church. This is the former state trooper planting a biker church. And he said, you know, man, he said, he said, we just want to move in and live in the midst of all these guys yep. and, you know, to do life with them. And I, and I don't, I don't, you know, he just said it kind of matter of factly as if that's just what you do, but not everybody understands that that's just what you're supposed to do. Right. And, and that's what you did. Uh, and, and you did life with these guys. They wanted to hang out. You're working on a house together. Uh, it's just natural rhythms of living life with people who don't know Jesus and getting opportunities to introduce them to Jesus. Yeah. Another thing that I, that, that I had to do, I had to, um, because these guys, not only did they work on my house, but, uh, you know, when we moved our, our second location, they built the stage. They did the carpentry work in the yeah. church that we didn't have money to do. Yeah. They did it. And so I, I had to um, prepare the people's hearts to say, hey, listen, um, it doesn't matter what kind of people come through here. Jesus loved everyone. Yeah. So, you, you know, you may have someone that sit next to you that may not look like you, talk like you, but uh, our mission is to be a church that love people. Yeah. You, you, you have to live that out. Um, you know, um, and so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, so, so those are some great high moments, great stuff. What, what's some of the challenges, you know, particularly in the Delta, uh, yeah. there's a lot of economic challenges, obviously. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, but you know, what are some of the challenges you know, that you've experienced, you know, one of the, one of the reasons for doing this podcast, uh, from the beginning, uh, that, you know, a lot of folks have a perception of what church planting is mm -hmm. and don't really understand that it truly indeed is a grind. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's difficult. We, we told the guys this weekend, look, you're about to wade into one of the hardest ministries you've ever done, but also one of the most rewarding you know, but what's some of the challenges you guys have faced and, uh, you know, life planting in the Delta, you know, what's, what's some of the difficulties? Well, some of the challenges and opportunities, uh, yeah. of planting in the Delta, uh, I, you kind of touched on it, um, there when you, when you mentioned, um, poverty, but, yeah. um, you know, here in the Delta, you know, the economy here um, is dominated by agriculture, cotton, rice, and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
we have we have hmm, we have to try to overcome poverty and unemployment um uh racial challenges that we've had to deal with um when it comes to the poverty because of urbanization many of the people have left the delta and so in pursuit of jobs and opportunities which have has left um the area here just abandoned and so <laughs> so it, so if, if you were a visitor driving through the towns in the delta all you would see most of the time you see abandoned stores closed factories uh empty streets and and, and homes and uh the challenge for a planter the challenge for us it is um is, is trying to have a vibrant um congregation of people when the people here don't have money right so you know you'll you'll gather a congregation and everybody's struggling and, and living in deep poverty and so we've faced you know having to face the challenge of financial issues and those type of challenges um but the way we've we've overcome some of those challenges is some churches in the delta um have come alongside to help and you know some some churches have come alongside and and try to provide um resources where you know we couldn't make it if it wasn't for other churches coming alongside to help us yeah um, there, there you know there are some churches that will always uh will be uh that, that won't be that will never be self-sufficient there right. i mean I, they'll, they'll never be self-sufficient um although the planter may be a good steward and, and know how to manage resources but because of the not dynamic of the delta because there's extreme poverty here there will always be a need for uh, churches to do missions here to uh, come alongside a planter to, to provide that support to them. And so, you know, I'm thankful for those, the, you know, those, those uh, churches that have come alongside us um, to, to, to provide that support that we've needed um, these last four years. And so that's been one of the, the challenges that, that we've had. Um, but, you know, uh, we were able to, and we're still trying to overcome that with those partners yeah um, yeah and you know, there's some other challenges like you know unemployment challenge like uh, um, illiteracy here um, and so if anybody's looking for an opportunity to, to help in the delta i mean there's a lot of mission work that can be done here a lot of, you know literacy program outreach program any type of support to 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 help break that barrier so that you can touch someone um i mean it's it's needed here in the delta yeah yeah Ch chance and i i want to know i want to give you permission i want to give you permission to tell us mm -hmm. from a from a, a black man in the delta who's planting right to dave and i her two white guys mm -hmm. but beyond that i want you to tell you know because i think sometimes from a person of majority culture right some might say from a position of privilege, you know, whatever, however you want to couch it. We are blind to minorities and the struggles and the opportunities. We're just, we just don't relate real well. And so I want, I want, I want to give you permission and freedom <laughs> to, just, to, te to teach us, yeah. to, to tell us a couple of things about black culture in the Delta that you think we need to learn. 
and 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 I want we're we'll take all the posture of learners and we will we Absolutely. want to hear that. Does that does that does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And I know you I don't know if you feel comfortable to do that. That's why I'm saying it like I'm saying <laughs> it because I just want to give you permission. I think not that you don't feel comfortable having that conversation with us, but right. man, just tell us, help us understand what we can do or how, what we can see or do better. Mm. <laughs> Where do you start with that? <laughs> um, I don't know. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm throwing, by the way, if you're listening, I'm throwing, I totally surprised him with this. <laughs> this was not on the list of questions. So, I, oh no, it's okay. I'm, there, I mean, there's so many things to think about um, when you're thinking about the Delta and the barriers or the misunderstanding or uh, hmm. <laughs> let's deal with the, the racial barrier, um, which is, is huge here. I, I, I've dealt with it myself and I continue to deal with it. Hmm. Um, You're not going to offend us. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Know, you. I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm like, okay, do you, are you sure you want to go there? <laughs> Are you sure you really want to go there? Yeah. Um, in our community, um, you know, we're, we we are already judged by the skin, by by our color, mm. um, by our neighborhood. Mm. Um, the Delta is. Uh, divided usually by a track mm. so you have you have the anglo community living on one side and the african-american community living on the other side and um it is it is you don't get permission to, to cross the other side and so um we experience you know racial tension with jobs we experience that disparity with uh just different opportunities I get treated differently than, you know, my counterparts. Um, maybe because I, I speak differently, uh, a little bit more intelligent than, than some. And so, like when I had Marcus with me, I had all those guys with me and we would be out, you know, going somewhere. Um, you know, the first thing people, they get scared, they get nervous. Yeah. You, I mean, you, you see the fear in their eyes. Um, and our, you know, uh, and for us, it's um, uncomfortable, mm -hmm. very uncomfortable mm -hmm. um, for us because you're already judging us. The culture has created this, this um, you know, stereotype does. And as a planter who works with both whites and blacks, it's very difficult for me um, because I bring my Anglos with me, but I have my brothers looking like, you know, what are they doing here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. 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 And so I have to educate 
or um, because of the love of Christ and me living it out to them, mm. they're able to embrace you. Right. Yep. Um, there's a lot I can talk about. <laughs> you know, can yeah. I share a funny story about this? <laughs> so we were at the prayer gathering and I, I was, uh, I went out with six of our African-American planters. Uh, so I was the lone white guy. And, uh, and, and, and this is both funny and maybe a little ironic, but they were joking. They said, man, I hope we don't get pulled over by the police. They're going to think we kidnapped you. Chad. <laughs> and dude, we, we laughed about that and we had the best time together. Yeah. But dude, there is some judging, some prejudging that yeah. goes on. Yeah. So what a, what a practical application for us be just walk across the room. Just, start I mean, a conversation that's it just go across maybe even go across the track afraid, don't be afraid to just love somebody yeah you yeah. don't know you, you don't know that guy has been through his 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 dad's not there he's he's having to take care of him and his siblings and the only thing he can do is sell drugs you know but yeah. you don't know the reason why you don't yeah, know the right. reason why i right. mean um his his community to him, his, his um, affirmation come from guys that are on the street. Mm. You know, he, uh, that, that's it. Mm. You know, and just get to understand, hear their story. Yeah. Just, yeah. just be authentic. Just be real. Don't be afraid to, to have those conversations. Yeah. Don't be afraid. And, you know, yes, they may look different, tatted up, smell different, you know, talk different, you know, but, 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 you know, they're made in the image of God. And yeah. so uh, don't be afraid to have those conversations. Yeah. Don't, be, don't be afraid to cross the aisle. And this is, I tell you, this is Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, you know, in, in real life. I mean, that was just as a tense a situation in that day and time. Yeah. And he initiated a conversation that nobody thought he should right. be initiated. Right. Um, and, uh, uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's hard to cross. It's not easy to cross those cultural barriers for, for anybody, for you guys, for us, for anybody, uh, somebody's got to be the bridge. Um, uh, and it should be the church. Um, you know, I, I had a conversation, I had a meeting this morning with a, uh, an elementary school principal and a, uh, teachers and a school district representative were trying to do some projects for the schools in in Sherwood, and uh, and there's been a you know the the school district has said we don't want any church involvement. Uh, th that there's something that's spawned that, you know. Okay, mm -hmm. so how do we change those perceptions? Mm -hmm. How do we create conversations to you know start dialogue to start start changing that, that the, you know, the church can be a huge asset to the community. Uh, and, and let's be the first ones to step up and say, you need help. I'm there. You know, uh, and we heard, heard two different people this weekend, uh, make statements. One is African-American guy and Hispanic guy planting together because we don't want a black church, don't want a Hispanic church. We want to be the church. 
Yeah. Period. In Pine Bluff. Um, that, that's what we need. Yeah. And you uh, have to be intentional. Very absolutely. Doing that. I, 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 I've got a great uh, pastor friend, Clint uh, uh, Hayes of Cope Baptist Church. And uh, every, every time we would go and do black parties, uh, him and brother Justin, they would be there and they would have those, you know, and for me, uh, seeing them engaged with the people and having conversation, playing basketball with them, not yeah. being afraid, you know, just to do life with them and get yeah. to know them. They're earning the people's respect. That's right. By getting to know them. You said something earlier, uh, Dave, and it, you know, it was, we were bantering. It was a joke, but it was real. <laughs> uh, we were talking about, uh, most yeah. of the things I say is is a joke. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, well, you 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 would make a reference to you know somebody being you know drunk and all this stuff and just you know it, at the church and all of this and, uh, and I said, like, yep, that sounds like us too. Yeah. So, um, brokenness is brokenness. It yep. is. Brokenness is brokenness. Yeah. And um, we, we've got you know Jesus. Um, he looked he looked beyond the person and he saw their brokenness yeah. and that's what we have to do and we have well, to be very intentional with that yeah i, I appreciate you I'm, I'm sorry to put you in a <laughs> on the spot but but i i really do want to i really do want to have these conversations and yeah. i think our state we need, to, needs, we need to have those conversations i think yeah. our state needs to have them i think and i would rather you know accidentally say the wrong thing than not to have the conversation. Right. Yeah. And I'd rather risk asking the wrong question or than yeah. to make an assumption without yeah. asking the question. Yeah. And so I, I really like that we are starting to get to the nitty gritty yep. in, in our convention to, to try to love each other yes, for yes. real. I, I, and I man, of Sonny Tucker and, and him yep. uh, just pushing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the more, yeah, yeah, the more colorful my life has become, the better it's become. Yep. yep. And and that's that's any any race, any ethnic group. It just gets better when we come together, and yeah. I've just been so encouraged and enriched. And so I just I appreciate you letting me put you on the spot, man. Yeah. And just appreciate your heart uh, to to teach us and show us because we need to learn. Yeah. And we need well, to hear and, the story. And, and friendships are fostering these conversations more and more. Yes. Uh, you yes. know, as some of those walls are being broken down and our convention is, is, is getting more diverse right. and there's greater proximity between pastors that may not have ever connected before, but now they are. And we're having lunch together. We're doing ministry together. And all of a sudden, the conversations aren't surface conversations anymore. They're deep conversations. They're yeah. life-changing, meaningful conversations. Yeah. And the only way that happens is if you become friends with somebody. Yes. You know? And I mean, I grew up in Rose City, you know, neighborhood in North Little Rock, you know, which was a, you know, a poor neighborhood, very ethnically diverse neighborhood. And, uh, you know, I watched my dad, you know, as a pastor in that neighborhood and it didn't matter who you were, 
where you were from. My model for ministry was set early on watching him pastor in that neighborhood. And, uh, and still to this day, you know, one of the most well-respected men in that neighborhood because he loved everybody. Because he loved them. That's right. And, uh, and there's always a place for you at Calvary Baptist Church, you know, when we were there. And, uh, and so, you know, I just, I don't know, that kind of shaped my heart for people that are kind of sitting on the fringes looking for a way to come in. I, I want to be that bridge that says, okay, hey, come with me. You come sit with me. Um, you know, that's, you know, that's just kind of, I saw that in dad early on and that was modeled for me well in a community that needed that kind of bridge and, uh, man, we, we need it so much more and it's happening in pockets, but it's got, we got to get, we got to get more, uh, this weekend watching those church planners, 14 different church planners there and, uh, watching them relate to one another. I mean, there were no racial lines there. There were no socioeconomic lines there. It was guys that have a passion for loving people and sharing the gospel with, with people, period. And they're all feeding off one another. How do we do this together? It, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's just incredible. It I'm, I'm telling you, I, just, I have been just captivated by that all weekend, thinking yeah. and praying and saying, okay, God, if this is a picture of what you're doing in Arkansas, then – I want more of that. I want to be a part of that. You don't. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I don't know how anybody could be a part of that weekend watching that thing unfold and not want to be a part of that. Yeah. And, and if you're not interested in that, go somewhere else, you know, mm-hmm. go somewhere else. Uh, because, uh, we, we want to love people and reach people here in Arkansas. And, uh, man, we saw a room full of planters this weekend that that is their heartbeat. And I, it was, I'm telling you, it was one of the most impactful weekends for me just watching that unfold. And I thought, okay, God, you're, you're really doing something here. Yeah. And, uh, Same here, Dave. Yeah. The world needs to see, uh, it's going to have to start with the church and the world needs to see yeah. healing. Yeah and uh restoration yeah that reconciliation that has to take place with the church yeah so we have to take those those next steps we have to take those deliberate steps towards that so that the people so that the that so that the world can see that yeah. they can see jesus in that yeah and, and I, say hey you know what i want to be a part of that yeah, yeah. and we don't have that because answer. that's real that's authentic that's genuine. i want to be a part of that yeah you know, I don't have the answers to the economic issues in the Delta. I have no idea what to do about that. But you know what I can do? I can make a friend. That, that's it. I can be a neighbor. <laughs> you know, I, hey, we can, we can, we can do it. life together. I, I, can't, I can't fix all the brokenness in the world, but I can do what Jesus commanded yep. me to do, love him and love my neighbor yep. you know, as myself. And so, man, if we could just do that, some of this other stuff would begin to take care of itself. Exactly. Yeah. So, golly, man, you get me fired up here. (laughs) So, okay, so you're you're four years in now, and you're kind of a veteran at this point. Uh, Man, you you last four or five years, and you got some skin in the game. You've yeah. You've seen some great things. You hair. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you start having more hair on your chin than you have on your head. You know. I was looking at some uh, some some past 
photos and I looked like a little kid. <laughs> and uh, no, seriously, I looked like a little boy. But now, yeah. oh yeah. You got some seasoning now. Yeah, some seasoning. Oh man. So um, you know, what are you know what what are say two big things, you know, that you've kind of learned in your church planning journey that you'd say, okay. This is something that would benefit somebody else. Hey, guys, if, if you, Tim kept saying this weekend, if you don't hear anything else this weekend, hear this, you know. <laughs> yeah. If you don't learn anything else, learn this. You know, what's one or two things that you'd say to church planners that are listening to this? Hey, here's something I learned you, you need to think about. Wow, that's that's a loaded question. I can give you a, a litany of stuff. but uh, Both barrels, baby. Come man, on. I'm telling you. Uh, First, I, I would probably say um, I should have given the ministry away earlier. Mm-hmm. I should have. I should have. I, 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 I would encourage somebody to share leadership early. Yeah. Um, develop your leader, your leadership, and your core, your team. Um, discover their their gifts. Give it away as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that they can run with it and uh and, and and don't be afraid to allow them to make mistakes. Let uh, them make mistakes, let them mess up. Um for me, I'm a perfectionist and uh I allow my ego and my pride and to get in the way um uh, sometimes of, of what God wanted to do. And uh instead of me being an asset, I was a liability. And uh uh I was more of a hindrance than sometimes uh, helping and because you know i'm a control freak and i was afraid to give things away yeah um and so you know because it's my own insecurities and and uh uh but god you know god (laughs) i've learned real quick you 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 know give that away uh give it over to your people um i tell i tell the guys that's in pipeline now you know um go you know learn how to delegate don't control what God wants you wants you to coach. Uh, don't be a dictator. Wow. You, you're a servant leader. That's it. Equip the people. Give it to them yeah. for the work of the ministry. Uh, it'll save you a lot of unnecessary stress, fatigue, uh, <laughs> burden. Um, and so that's one thing I would strongly encourage you to do is give it away. Give that's it away. Great. Um, Chad, you look like you have something to say. I'm just taking notes. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> That's gold, man. I think the, the second thing um, that, I, that I've learned uh, that I would encourage, encourage a potential planner is to focus more on discipleship mm. than membership. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, focus more on discipleship. Uh, I should have um, – I was more focused on growing deep than growing – growing wide than growing deep. Mm. Um, I, I, I think I gauge my success on, uh, the, the success of the church on my, you know, numbers and, uh, my preaching instead of discipling people. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wish, I wish I would have started from the onset of, of, of discipling being the DNA of my church, yeah. uh, of the church, um, and multiply. I, I, I remember I would, I have some great mentors, great guys, great Pauls and Barnabases in my life. And I used to meet with uh, Larry Bailey from Central Baptist. Mm -hmm. And uh, great guy, great guy. 
And every time we would meet, um, he would annoy me with these two, two questions. <laughs> it was irritating. He would ask me, he would ask me, who are you discipling? And who's, a disi who's discipling you? Yeah. Yeah. Over and over and over and over. He would, and you know, I would act like I was listening to him. He knew, he knew it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, Larry's been around a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard to fool a guy like Larry. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I would, I would strongly encourage, um, you know, our church model was more of an attractional church model. I knew how to get the people, yeah. knew how to get them in there. Um, but I didn't have any systems and, um, in place to disciple people. Yeah. And so like Marcus, they would end up going back into that same environment. And, uh, if, if you don't teach them how to follow Jesus, um, the culture was sucked them back in. Yeah. It yeah. sucked them back in. Yeah. And so, um, I, uh, that, that's a, a hard lesson, yeah. but uh, I would encourage you, man, <laughs> disciple people. Jesus, I mean, that, that was his, his, his instruction, you know, his imperative was to make disciples. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. church members. Yeah. Wow. Not just to baptize them, but to teach them. Yep. As well. Yeah, man. It, I'll tell you, if our plants could get those two things yeah. just right there, boy, we'd yeah. all be a whole lot healthier. Yeah. Mm. For sure. Dude, this has been great. Fantastic. It's been great. And, uh, do you, you, you know, you shared some stuff here that's, you know, across cultures, across demographics that, you know, all of our guys, regardless of where they're planting and who they're planting with need to hear. Yes. And this is, and that's the great thing about these conversations. We, we segment and divide ourselves in so many different ways, but when you really start peeling back the layers, yep. look, <laughs> brokenness is brokenness. Sin is sin. The church is the church. Yep. The mission is the mission. And there are just things you have to do regardless of context, regardless of model, culture, anything. Uh, there's just the, you know, the, the basics of, of being the church that have got to happen somehow, some way. Absolutely. Uh, maybe language is a little bit different. Maybe styles a little bit different, but the, the root, it's the same stuff. The content and context is all the same. That's right. Mm. That's right. That's right. So mm -hmm. dude, awesome. Awesome. All right, before you get out of here, we got to do uh, our, these are the hot burning questions that everybody really wants to know. And really questions that strike fear in the hearts of most of our guests. <laughs> we call this rapid fire. So, so here's, uh, this is really the hot seat right here. All right, so you've seen the hot seat. I was already on the hot seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, nope, nope, uh, this is the hot seat right here. Chad's I feel question. the burn, I feel, I feel the burn. Chad's question, ah, measly little, you know, <laughs> question. These are, the, these are the hot seat questions. All right, so top one or two books that have had the most impact on you. Top one or two books. Yeah, you did that. <laughs> um, no, I've, I've, I've got a couple of books. Um, what is the name of that book? Um, Spiritually Healthy. 
what's the name of that book? Oh, Emotionally Healthy spirit, Spirituality uh -oh. uh, by okay. Peter Cazero. However you pronounce his last name. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, he's always in my top recommendations as well. Yep. That that book helped me. Woo, that book. Yeah. Helped me out a lot. Yeah. Uh, Growing Up by Rob, what is Rob it? Gality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. That's a good disciple-making book there. All right, what about your strength, top strength in ministry, top weakness in ministry? Top strength. Strength and ooh, that's a good one. Mm. Be more specific. <laughs> this ain't uh, this ain't Jeopardy, man. I got nothing for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think? I mean, what do you think you do really well as a church planter or pastor? And okay. What do you feel like is a growth area or something you don't do as well? Okay. Um, building relationships. <laughs> I agree with that. I yeah. do that really well. Yep. Um, let's see. Casting vision. Mm -hmm. Communication. Um, what's, it, what's another strength? What not so well? Yeah, that's good on strengths. You're good there. Okay. Um, I knew you were awesome. <laughs> well, some some oppor some opportunity for growth, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, hey, developing leaders. What? Developing leaders. Yeah. Mm. Remember, I uh, it was hard for me to give the ministry away. Mm. Uh, it's good. Uh, what's another area of weakness? I would say that's one area that most people struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. Developing others. Oh, um, balance. Balance. Yeah. Yep. John McCallum says balance is an illusion. It's a myth. <laughs> it's a myth. There is no balance in ministry. And uh, well, you know, the pendulum swings too far sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Shout out, John McCallum, if you're listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. We still remember stuff from your podcast. <laughs> Yeah. All right, favorite hobby or pastime? Favorite hobby is playing board games with my kids. Hey, looky there. That's a good one. Yep. What's your favorite board game to play with them? Um, hey, we play a we play a board game. Um, what is the name of that game? Um, it's called Spinners. Have you heard of it? No. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Spinners. I'll have yep. to look that one up. Hey, I'm going to say props to you for being a good dad, but you got to get oh. a different hobby. <laughs> <laughs> man, I, listen, man, I, I love kicking it with the kids. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, I, that ain't a hobby. That's to play basketball. I don't have patience to fish. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm too skinny for football. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, so. Yeah. It is what it is. I feel you, man. So, so spinners it is. That's right. What what about your favorite movie? My favorite movie. Oh wow. I've got a lot of favorite movies. Uh, da, 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 da. Just one. It doesn't have to be your top one. Just pick one. Rocky. 
Ooh. Oh, that's a good which, one. Which one? The number one? One, two, three, five, all of them. What? You skipped the best one. <laughs> Rocky, everybody knows Rocky Four is the best Rocky. Four. Yep. Rocky. Hey, I love Rocky. You got a good Clubber Lang beard going that's on. That's right. There. I'm telling you. Just a little ridge across the top, man. Mr. T would be proud of that beard. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Hey, I've always called uh, Chance and baby Isaac Hayes. Yeah, ever since we met. But you put a ridge on top of that head. Yeah. You're, hey, you're you're clubber lane from then could on. You throw, could you throw out a little like I pity the fool for us? I pity the fool. What you, I, I, that's it. That's it, man. I'm telling you. Hey, we're gonna have to work on that mohawk, bro. Get you some gold. Hey, you really connect with me. Throw some gold around that neck. And uh Balboa. That's right. I'm, I'm gonna hurt him. I'm gonna bring the pain. I'm going to tell you another great movie, Black Panthers. Hey, dude, telling you, man, love love that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Watched that uh, two weeks ago. We we own that one. Yeah. All right. uh, Favorite band or musician? Favorite band or musician? Being a singer, like I know you are. I am. Yeah. I am. Good singer too. Yep. And man, that's a, a lot of great singers. Yeah. Um, Isaac Hayes. Yeah. <laughs> you are baby Isaac Hayes. That's right. <laughs> Anthony Hampton. 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 Hamilton. Um, I'm old school. Yeah. So, yeah. Who else? Nobody's ever asked me that. Have you been to Isaac Hayes restaurant over in Memphis? Yes, sir. Mm. Yes, sir. They're good? Some really good, yeah. Some really good food. Yeah. I met him one time. He was he was there. Yeah, he's he's there. I've yeah. heard routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. cool. Just one of the coolest man men ever. What else? Come on with it. Oh, that's it. That's, it, that's the last one, man. See, that wasn't too bad. Man, I my wheels were turning. I was like, what else? <laughs> <laughs> what else are going to spring on me? Yeah. Oh, goodness. All right. No, man, thanks so much for jumping on. We tried this a couple of times and <laughs> crazy phone issues and all kinds of I stuff. Do. So, uh, man, I'm excited to finally get you on here. And uh, Thank you guys uh, for having huge, me. Huge encouragement, great insight. Uh, I think our listeners yes. are really going to enjoy this one. And a lot of fun. And, man, we love you. So glad we get to do this crazy thing called church playing together. And, yeah. uh, man, just know, i tell you, God's up to something good in Arkansas. Yeah. All you all you listeners yeah. out there outside of Arkansas, this is where it's yeah. at. So You've got to come join us. And uh, some fun, fun stuff. And so Brad Briscoe said something one time. He was down here for a meeting. And, uh, and it was – I mean, it was – probably 50-50 Anglo-African-American meeting. He came down. He said, Dave, he said, I travel all over the country. He said, I've not seen anything like this uh, <laughs> anywhere else. He said, you guys are doing things that I'm not seeing in most places. And uh, wow. that was a huge encouragement. And we were just getting started then. And uh, it's even more so now. And, I, man, I just I love seeing walls torn down and people come together. And uh, yeah, God just seems to be doing some of that in a big way here in Arkansas. So, absolutely, just fun stuff. Yeah, man. Yep. All right. 
Well, thanks, buddy. And uh, folks in Grindland, appreciate you joining us. We'll be back. Uh, we got some fun stuff coming up uh, with some other guys as well. So uh, uh, we're actually we hit a spot where we're going from week to week. We're actually scheduled now through the end of November, I think. So coming up with the Oasis guys, uh, yeah. four church plants in one year. Out of all the the entire well, I guess the the lead staff guys at Oasis are all planting and decentralizing. That's going to so be a fun conversation. Stay tuned for that one. That's yeah, right. That be an interesting conversation. Yeah, we're we're going to title that episode "Genius or Insanity?" Question <laughs> mark. Cray cray. That's right. That's right. So, all I right. Love it, we'll though. see you guys next time on the grind. Thanks for joining us. Keep grinding.